memorize. It helps us take what we read, what we've meditated on, and put it into action. And so the point of these daily commit points is to help us take God's word from our head to our heart to our hands and feet so that we can reflect Christ in the community to the best of our ability. Uh, So quick side note, by the way, anybody take pizza and water to the construction crew next door yet? Anybody do that? I, I dared you. I challenged you guys to do that a few weeks ago. We're talking about loving our neighbor. And, and so I don't know if you've noticed or not, but they now have an office trailer there. Amen. Yeah. There's somebody's excited about pizza. Um, they, amen. I got another one. <laughs> There's college students here. No, they, so they have an office trailer now, which means like, hey, the next time you go to Sam's Club, Grab a case of water and a case of Gatorades and just go to that trailer and say, hey, we're from the church next door. We want to leave some, some drinks for your guys. They'll get used, all right? No, and again, nobody has ever thrown rocks at you on a construction site for showing up with Gatorade or water or pizza, all right? We have a great opportunity to love our neighbors right now while they're building an apartment building, while they're, they're bringing community to our door. Uh, by the way, we know Rick knows the memory verse this week, but... But one, real quick, before we get into all this, I want everybody to say this together with me. Even you at home, joining on our live stream, take just a second, and we're going to say our memory verse. We're going to put it up, but I want you to do it this way. I don't want to rush through this, okay? I want to take our time. Follow the commas. Commas are, are there so you, so you take a breath, so you, so you pause for a second to think about what you just read. I want you to follow the commas. Don't rush through this. Think about what we are going to declare here in just a second. As we're reading John 3, 16, it's a very common verse, all right? I want you to think about how you love God back while we read about how he loves us, okay? Here we go. Nice and easy, very slow. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Man, right there is a whole sermon. Amen. Well, it's been great to be here with you all this morning. It's time for us to go to win and commit to grow. Uh, No, I'm not turning you loose just yet. I have a few things to say about love and about John 3.16. But before we get there, will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your plan from the beginning that you loved us enough to send your son in our place to die for our sins, to be that final sacrifice so that we would have an opportunity to be with you forever. Lord, I pray that you will uh, help us to take this knowledge we have of your love, not just to hear it in our minds, but help us to hide it in our hearts and help us to to let it come out of our hands and our feet so that when we leave this place, we will leave differently than how we've come. We will leave being a reflection of that love to our neighbors, to our family, to our our schoolmates, to the people in our offices and in our jobs. Open our hearts to hear your word today, Lord, loud and clear. And then I pray that your spirit would move within us so that we will act upon what we've heard. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. For God so loved. Let me ask you this question. What do you know about love? When did you first learn about love? You see, the Greek language has four different words to describe love. 
phileia or phileo was the most common. That's, that's friendship love. Or for you younger folks, the phileo, that's, that's like when you say how much you love pizza or love tacos or love chicken nuggets. That's like phileo. I love it. That phileo, that's, that's that word. And then there's, there's storge. Storge is, is family love. Love between spouses, between parents and grandparents and kids and, and brothers and sisters, cousins. That family love. Then there's, there's eros love. And this is a PG-rated sermon, so we're not going to get into that one, but, but you get it, all right? And then we have this word for love that John uses. And, and the cool thing about this word, this, this word for love that's used here, is, is it really has come uh, to, to be explained, if you will, for the first time when, when John uses it. It's the word agape. And agape is, is it's the unconditional, unmerited love. Mark Moore says in the essay, it's the love that causes people to sacrifice their lives for others. It's the love offered freely, regardless of the recipient's value, merit, or ability to repay that love. You see, the word agape did not have a definition until after John used it in his gospel to describe God's sacrificial love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Listen, God does not just love us like a friend or, or like we love chicken nuggets, all right? He doesn't just love us like a brother. When we talk about love, when we talk about God's love as explained by John, it's a deep love, a, agape. Jesus, the incarnation of God, we talked about what that was last week, sacrificed himself for us. This act is what defines agape love. Undeserved, unmerited, unchangeable, and sacrificial on our behalf. And so I asked some people this last week, this question. When did you learn about love? I got some good answers. I'm going to share a couple of them with you. Uh, and, and I asked, and they said I could. Rick Bonta said this. He said, I didn't know about love, or I didn't know how to love until Christ came into my life. I said, talk about that a little bit. And he said, before Christ was in my life, I looked at people and I looked at relationships for what I could get out of them. Now I know how to love. Oh, man. That's powerful. Janet Hebert spoke up. She said, I learned about love. Now, I'm going to be clear here. When I asked about love, I was specifically talking about agape. Tell me what you know about agape. And Janet Hebert said this. This, about this unconditional, unmerited, undeserved love. Janet said, I learned about agape when I met Abe's family. She said, they loved me from day one, and they showed it by their action. Not just through hugs and words, but serving and embracing and doing life with me. Janet says, Abe's siblings call her their sister in love, not their sister-in-law. And I was like, oh, come on, amen, yeah. That's how it should be, family. That's, that's agape right there. That's good love. And at the Last Supper, Peter said to Jesus, I love you M more than these, even. He said, I agape you, Lord. 
Listen to this. This comes from Matthew 26. You can, you can read it for yourself later. And I'm going I'm to kind of set this up. This is my version, if you will. Jesus has washed their feet. He's instituted what we now call communion. He's instituted Lord's Supper. They're actually walking to the Mount of Olives. The Bible says after this, they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. And so they're walking to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus, while they're walking, he's warning his disciples about what's going to happen this evening. And he tells them, he says, because of me, you will all fall away tonight. And he, he quotes scripture to them. He says, it is written that I will, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. And he goes on, he says, but after I'm raised up, I will go to Galilee. But Peter jumps in, he says, right there, he says, he says, Lord, they all, they may fall away because of you, but I will never fall away. He said, I will never fall away. Basically, Peter is saying to Jesus, I agape you more than these other guys. I will not back down. Nothing can stop me. And Jesus says, oh, Peter, and not only will you fall away, you will scatter. But you will personally deny me three times before the morning. Before the rooster crows, you will deny your agape for me with your actions. And Peter, with every good intention he had in him, says to Jesus, no, sir, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the other disciples were like, yeah, we see what he said. They all said the same thing. That's what Scripture actually says. The other disciples said the same thing. So they all jumped in on that. We will die for you. Random rabbit trail. I was reading through this, and this is how my brain works, and I want to challenge you to think this out. They're coming after Jesus, okay? And we know from Scripture that all the disciples fled that night. And we like to give them a hard time about that action, all right? But if they had stayed, for that, for that moment when Jesus was arrested, if they, would, if they had stayed, what could have happened? See, because they were coming to arrest Jesus. They, they, they weren't going to be stopped at this moment. If the disciples were to stand firm in that moment, more than likely they would have been struck down right there in the garden. Because that's what tradition, when, when you look at when they would go to arrest somebody, you didn't stand in the way of those coming to arrest you back then. You didn't get your phones out and start video, and you didn't do that kind of stuff. And, and if you did stand in the way, you were just struck down. You, you were between, between them and the objective of, of arresting someone and doing what they thought was bringing someone to justice. And if you got in the way, you were, you were just done. All right, so they fled. Well, except for John Mark, who we learned that he ran, to the he ran into the danger to warn Jesus but was too late and was seized by one of the guards, but he got away because he slipped out of his clothes and he ran home in his underwear. But that's a sermon I'm working on for next year. My point is this. They all scattered that day. But later on, every one of them showed and lived out agape for their Lord and Savior. Now, they did eventually die for him like they declared, but it didn't happen that evening. All right? Now back to the moment. Peter says, I love you more than these guys. I will die right here beside you. And the rest of them were like, yeah, us too. All right, that's what happened. And then Jesus continues to live out agape as he is arrested. He is beaten. He's falsely accused of blasphemy. And ultimately he's nailed to a cross all because God so loved the world. He gave his only son as a sacrifice for our sins. And this brings us to John Chapter 21. When I read John 21 and I see 
that Jesus questions Peter three times after this great catch of fish. By the way, isn't it cool that Jesus calls some of his disciples in the beginning after, this, after a great catch of fish? You can read that in Luke chapter 5. And then in John 21, after another great catch of fish and then breakfast that the risen Lord and Savior physically cooked for the disciples. And then there's this conversation where Jesus reinstates Peter, as we like to say. And, and the Bible tells us as they finish breakfast, Jesus is walking with Peter, and he says to him, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he doesn't say phileo. He doesn't say storge. He says, do you agape me more than these? See, that was what, what Peter said before Jesus died on the cross. I agape you more than these. And now then he has denied Christ and then Jesus is having this personal, deep, intimate conversation. He says, do you agape me more than these? And the Bible says he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You see the difference that's happening in this conversation? But then Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, do you phileo me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything you know that I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So why why the difference in words for love in this conversation? Why did Jesus start out using agape while Peter used phileo? Jesus was asking Peter if he loved him with the love of God, a love that may require sacrifice after all. Jesus had just gone through this horrendous torture for Peter's sake and ours. It's something he didn't want to do, but he did anyways because of his agape for us. And in contrast, Peter avoided possible torture by denying Jesus, the one who said, I will stand boldly for you, I will die for you, no matter what, backed up and denied Jesus because of a servant girl that first recognized him and called him out. Mr. Bold was like, oh, you know what you're talking about, girl? Jesus twice asked Peter, do you agape me? Or that is, are you willing to do things for my sake that you don't want to do? I think Peter, on the other hand, still felt that sting of having denied Jesus. And at this moment, he was hopeful that their relationship and their friendship was still intact. Did Jesus hold Peter's denial against him? I don't know what Peter's thinking. I know what I would have been thinking. Would he still treat Peter as a close friend and a companion? Those are the thoughts that would be going through my mind if I were Peter. Peter wasn't sure maybe where he stood with Jesus at this point. So he was trying to let Jesus know that I'm still a true friend to you, Lord, and my friendship love for you. And then the third time that Jesus spoke to Peter, he essentially came down to Peter's level. And he asked if Peter were indeed a true friend. Peter, do you phileo me? Which is what Jesus does. He, he comes, he accepts us at our level. And his agape for us is so much more than our phileo for him. That he doesn't want us to stay the way we are today. He wants to bring us up to a different level of love. You see, Jesus knew what Peter didn't. Jesus knew that he would soon ascend into heaven. He knew that Peter 
and the other disciples would be left to carry out his work on earth. It's what he'd been training them up for, if you will, which would require that they all be his good friends, that they all phileo him, and that they all do his will, just like they said they would on the night that they all scattered. Listen, I want to point out something to you here. John uses the word agape in various forms. He uses it about 37 times in his gospel. And and I've got all those references. If you want to look at them, you can call me up. I'll give them to you. And this includes the saying in John 3.19 that people loved agape. That's the word he uses. People agape the darkness rather than the light. Listen, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Listen to this. This kind of just floored me when I, when I realized that the word here is the same. I'm going to start in John 3, 16. I'm going to start with our memory verse. I'm going to go through 19. Listen to this. For God so agape the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And verse 19 says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people agape the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does, not, or whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may, clearly, it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus is telling Nicodemus and us, hey, the light has come into the world. He's talking about himself. I've come into the world. He said, but people agape the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that we are more willing to live sacrificially for evil, for darkness, for lies, than we are for truth and light and life. Is anybody uncomfortable yet or is it just me? Because it's what Jesus said. And I read that, and, I, and when I see those Greek words used there, and I'm just like, whoa. He even says to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, agape the approval of men more than the praise of God. That's in John 12, 43. Does this break your heart too? Jesus knows that we agape the darkness and phileia, the light, just like Peter. Uh, on the other hand, G, uh, John uses phileo in various forms. That, that friendship love, he only talks about it about 13 times. And this includes the father loving the son. It includes Lazarus, where, where it says Jesus loved Lazarus. It's phileo. Jesus had friendship love with Lazarus. And even when he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus phileo, that Jesus had this, this friendship, this brotherly love. Folks, I got to tell you something about love. Love is hard. Agape. Love is easy. I love pizza. I love tacos. I love uh, whatever your favorite TV show is. I love this band. I love coffee. (laughs) Yeah, I may have had too much today. A little amped up. Excited. Do you agape those things? Talk about love for money, love for the world. Versus our love for Christ. It's on us to define how we love those things and where our priority stack is and how we love those things. Jesus says to love one another and he, and he says to agape. 
love one another. He says, love our enemies as we love ourselves. He says, or says, love our neighbors as we love ourselves. He also says to love our enemy. He says, they will know we are his disciples by our love. He doesn't say they will know we are Christians by our rightness. We will know by our love. Folks, let me tell you this. Our God is a lot of things. Our God has many names that describe him. If, if you ever have a minute, just, just Google names for God. Oh, El Shaddai and Jehovah Jireh. And, and look at what these different names for God mean. And, and I want you to hear this. There are many names that describe God. There are many things that talk about his love for us. But if you don't know him as the God of agape, you don't know him at all. If you say you love him, but don't live out that love, Jesus says, you don't know me. I'm not making this up. Don't believe it because I say it. Believe it because God's word says it. Jesus said to Peter in his final question, do you phileo me? Remember, Peter claimed to be a disciple of Jesus. He was called by Jesus. He was changed by Jesus. He was on mission with Jesus. He was trained up for three years by Jesus. And Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus went from if you agape me to if you phileo me. In that moment, Peter sheepishly said, I phileo you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. It was later on when Peter lived out his agape for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tradition even says that when Peter was put to death, he requested to be crucified on an inverted cross. The reason for that request is he had denied his Lord and he didn't consider himself worthy to die in the same way that Jesus had. Uh, by the way, Jesus foretold the manner of Peter's death, not so much the upside down part, but he told him that what he would face in later years, that he would be carried away, that, that he would be told what to do. And ancient writers say that Peter was put to death about 34 years after Jesus' prophecy. Peter's precise age is not known at the time, or the t at that time is not known, but in spite of the gruesome details that Peter heard about of his own death, he must have taken comfort and joy in hearing that his death would glorify God because that was part of what Jesus told him. Peter's love for Jesus, his desire to obey and glorify him were evident throughout the rest of his life and ministry from that moment on. Peter died a, mar a martyr's death, clinging to the hope of heaven, and he testifies, and his death testifies to the courage, faith, patience, and perseverance, and agape for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how about you? Do you love Jesus? Maybe it's storge. Do you storge Jesus? Do you phileo Jesus? Do you agape Jesus? I don't know where your love for Christ is today, but I know where his love for you is. And as we consider that, I want you to consider where your love for him is as we stand and sing our response song. Consider what your response is to Jesus' question. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Consider this, that God so loved you. So how will you respond to his love? Or whatever your response is this morning. If it's baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptistry is ready. Man, we would love to do that again. All right? Maybe you just like prayer and some conversation about what it looks like to really agape Jesus and live your life for him. The elders are here. They'd love to pray with you, to talk with you about that. But whatever your response is, will you stand with us right now and sing our response song this morning? And
respond to God's agape for you accordingly. Have my heart and I am yours forever You are my strength God of grace 